It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. Breaking news late last night, the BYU loses one of their standout defensive ends, a guy that BYU fans were hopeful would make an impact in 2019. He's moving on from football. We'll break down what losing Longi Tuifua means for the BYU football program and the defensive ends as a whole. We'll do a position breakdown, recap, look ahead as we continue with our spring football position group outlooks and we'll also catch up with some BYU football news and notes on the recruiting front. Coaches fanning out across the country. We'll update you where coaches are out recruiting. We'll get you updated on who they're visiting, etc. We'll make sure that you're on top of all that and of course in the final segment of the show we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports like we normally do. Some awards being handed out in softball and the likes. We'll catch up on all of that. Thanks again for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A reminder for you this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also the brand new Himalaya Podcast app. So check us out there and thanks for your continued support. Let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for April 16th, 2019. Alright guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider, and I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah as a producer and reporter. It's a blast to bring this to you guys each and every day. Most of you probably saw the news by now, but BYU defensive end slash outside linebacker Longi Tuifua has announced that he is going to medically retire from football. He was trying to battle back from a neck injury. If you're on Instagram, you can see the picture. He's got two screws in his neck uh, to keep his vertebrae all in order and it's an unfortunate situation because Longi Tuifua coming out of Bingham High School was one of the more highly rated pass rushing types that in his recruiting class in the entire country. BYU did a good job locking him up, getting him to commit, and it's unfortunate that an injury that it's an injury that happens to a lot of guys, but it's going to derail his career, a once promising career. I think a lot of BYU fans hope that he would recover recover from the injury. He played in just one game last year as he tried to recover from it and had participated in spring ball but now he's ultimately moving on so I think first things first we wish uh, Longy Tuifua well you wish him the best of luck he'll be on scholarship for the remainder of his time in Provo as a medical retiree he still gets his scholarship and he's able to pursue school full-time Hopefully he can get a degree and go on with his life and whatever he ultimately decides to do. I think it's admirable that he has decided, hey, it's in my best interest to step away. There are a lot of guys that would kind of push themselves and say, no, I can get through this. And I think it's... it shows a lot about a young man that he can give up the sport that he has played since he was very, very young and understand, hey, there's a bigger picture here. My health is of concern. Need to make sure we take care of business there. And like I said, I wish him nothing but the best. Now, as a BYU football fan, you're probably wondering, well, how is that going to affect BYU and their like defensive end position groups? Well, we talked about the defensive tackles, I believe, last week. It might have been late the week before that as part of our spring uh, 
football position reviews and previews. We'll talk about the defensive ends with the news of Tui Fua's medical retirement here. I think that leaves uh, four big names at defensive end for BYU going into the 2019 season. Devin Kafusi was the opposite end is what BYU likes to call it. It's the position that his older brother Corvin Kafusi had played. It's more of a hybrid defensive end role where you actually stand up sometimes as a linebacker, play some coverages, also play the spy position if you have a quarterback that likes to run. So Devin Kafusi is expected to fill that role and Longi Tuifua had also been working at that position group and now I'm kind of interested to see how BYU goes about fixing this position group, the roster, the depth chart coming out of spring where they're going to insert guys. Um, at the at the spot where Devin Kafusi is at, yeah, we had Longi Tuifua. So behind that, you now you kind of look like, okay, who else could step up and fill that role? You have a lot of guys at the other defensive end spot who are more of your traditional defensive ends. Zach Daw had a really good spring. JJ and Wigway, very good spring as well. So you expect those guys probably remain there. Trajan Peely, a guy that we saw line up a linebacker at some point, possibly could move over with his ability and a little bit lighter on the lighter end that he could come over and back up Devin Kafusi at that opposite end role. Uh, Uriah Leatawa, I feel like, is better served to play more of the traditional defensive end spot. But Alden Tofa, another guy that could be a player to keep an eye on. Incoming freshmen that are are going to join the roster this spring slash summer include Tyler Batty from Payson High School coming off a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You also have Kate Albright, uh, San Juan Hills High School, one of the gems of BYU's recruiting class this past recruiting period. If he can come in in shape, Kate Albright very much has the athleticism, I think, to play this role and play that position. And I think it's his future position at BYU pending how he develops. So it'll be... Incumbent upon Elisa Tuiaki and the rest of the defensive staff at BYU, including Kalani Sitake, to kind of shake up the roster now in terms of the defensive ends. You kind of had guys coming out of spring that you had uh, pegged as, okay, this, like Zach Daw, for example, was going to play the defensive end spot. You felt like Devin Kafusi could line up at opposite end. You probably had, I, I this is just me talking, I would have had uh, Trajan Peely and or Uriah Leitao as the backup to Daw at the defensive end spot with Longi Tuifua as the backup to Devin Kafusi. So now you probably lose your second best opposite end. Can you find somebody to step up in that role? A guy like JJ and Wigway, probably better suited to play that true defensive end role after making the switch over, but he's a guy that the coaching staff has put a lot of time into to develop, to move him over from the offensive side to the defensive side of the ball. Could he come in and make an impact? He has a lightning quick first step. I don't know about his coverage skills, but he did play tight end at one one point during his time at BYU after starting out initially as an offensive lineman. So he has some athleticism. Could he play this position? It'll be very interesting early on in fall camp to see how the position group at the defensive end and opposite end spots really kind of lay out as we go through fall camp. But losing a guy like Longi Tuifua, it is a blow. There is no doubt about it. Losing him hurts BYU's depth. Like I said, Tuifua was one of the best pure pass rushers on BYU's roster. I was very 
excited for him to join BYU coming out of high school. I felt like he brought an element of pass rush ability to the Cougars that they hadn't had in some time. But injuries do this in football. It's a violent sport. Guys get hurt. It's plain and simple. It's cut and dry. You don't you don't go into a football season expecting to make it through 100% healthy. Any football player that tells you that, especially guys along the offensive and defensive lines, they deal with all kinds of dings and dents that don't really make the news, but they will let you know that it definitely does slow them. They have to take some time off during the week to get ready for the next week's games, and it's a violent sport, and it's unfortunate it has ended the career of Longi Tuifua, but I think the good news is he has got a plan in place to go forward, and best of luck to him as he ultimately decides what his future is going to be. Like I said, I, I can't take anything away from him for understanding, hey, it's time for me to step away. So my hat goes off to him. My heart goes out to him because it's tough to step away from a sport you love, something you love doing, and say, well, this is the end when you had to go out on somebody else's terms or your body's terms versus your own terms. And I know that your body's terms and your terms probably should be the same thing, but this is an unfortunate injury that ends the run of Longi Tuifua as a BYU football player. But I think all things considered, looking at the depth chart, there are options for BYU to replace Tuifua. Uh, the, the defensive end positions need more production. This is going into year four of Kalani Sitake's tenure. Haven't necessarily had mass uh, massive impact from the defensive end spots, but it has been big in, at points. Corbin Kafusi was very good a year ago. Can they get more out of it this year? We'll see, but Longi Tuifua is a definite blow to that position group. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back on the other side. Need to talk a little about BYU football recruiting. Coaches tweeting out where they're recruiting this week. We'll talk about some of the prospects they're likely to be visiting in the various areas that they're out on not vacation out recruiting this week so we'll talk about that next but real quick a reminder for you guys it is baseball season and the locked on mlb channel has been relaunched if you want to catch up with your favorite baseball team whether it's the red Sox, the yankees or in my case the seattle mariners you can go find the show catch up and every day in 15 minutes or less with the locked on mlb channel simply search out locked on insert your favorite team name here or if you want just more of an overview of Major League Baseball, check out the Locked On MLB show. Soli does a great job with it, giving you more of the macro look, tracking all the races, all the different things you need to be caught up on each day. So check that out as well. It is baseball season. Enjoy it, folks. Check it out. The Locked On MLB channel right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Thanks again for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. Of course, recruiting never stops, and BYU football is no exception. They have coaches out on the road constantly. They have hit the road this week 
in the spring evaluation period as they head out to recruit players. Um, AJ Stewart yesterday tweeted out that he, he is in Arizona, likely visiting Israel Benjamin, one of the star running backs in BYU's projected recruiting class going forward in the 2020 class. Uh, Stewart has done a great job on the recruiting trail. Uh, adding two graduate transfers in Emmanuel Asupa and the announcement we talked about yesterday, Tyson Williams from South Carolina, really do bolster BYU's running backs, but he's out recruiting guys in high school like an Israel Benjamin who is an elite student. He's got over a 4-3, I think, weighted GPA, just a star student in the classroom. Really takes his academics seriously, but he plays for one of the best high school programs in Arizona as well, and he's a standout on the football field. So, good to see A.J. Stewart out in Arizona. I'm sure he's visiting other Arizona prospects, but being the running backs coach, Israel Benjamin is likely his first stop to go see him. Uh, Fessy Sitake tweeted out a picture that he is in Washington, D.C., and some BYU fans are probably wondering, who in the world is BYU recruiting from Washington, D.C.? Well, there's one name out there, and it's Soljay Mayava, former Kahuku High School quarterback. He now plays high school football in Washington, D.C. He made the move clear across the country last year. He was out at BYU spring practices earlier this spring, and he's one of the top-rated prospects in terms of quarterbacks in the 2020 class. BYU would love to lock him down. They're putting the full-court press on him. Uh, Fessy Satake is very close with Soljay's extended family, so it's not surprising to see him out there recruiting him. I would guess somebody like a Jeff Grimes or Aaron Roderick, the quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator, probably will stop in in D.C. to visit Soljay Maeva at some point this week. Maybe they're with Fessy Satake, but I'm just going off tweets that I saw yesterday with Fessy announcing on Twitter, revealing on Twitter, I guess I should say, that he is in Washington, D.C. recruiting. I would expect other coaches that will be hitting the road this week. They'll be all over the country. Uh, Southern California normally belongs to Aaron Roderick, who will be in Orange County. Uh, Preston Hadley more has more of the northern L.A. Valley, San Joaquin Valley, and then also up into the Central Valley. He'll be recruiting that. Gennaro Guilford will be working in Los Angeles as well. He works kind of the south-central part Part of Los Angeles, Los Angeles County, does a great job out there. So there'll be three coaches in Southern California slash Central California. You got guys like Steve Clark, who his traditional recruiting territory is up in Idaho. So they'll be all over the country. Uh, Ed Lamb likely to go to San Diego and also Las Vegas this week. He does a great job recruiting the Las Vegas area. He's plucked guys out of San Diego as well over the past couple of years. So. It's good to see BYU coaches fanning out across the country. I would expect Eric Mateos with his background being in the South slash Texas. He'll likely be headed out that direction to recruit. So we'll update you on where other coaches are out recruiting this week, but it's good news that BYU coaches are actually casting kind of that wide net. Um, Hawaii will be interesting. I think it's more of a team effort with the Hawaiian prospects when BYU coaches, they all kind of hit up Hawaii at different points. I think it's dependent on what position they're recruiting. Uh, so if it's an offensive lineman, I guess a coach Mateos or coach Grimes would go over defensive backs. Ed Lamb could go over there. Elisa Tuiaki also. So, all in all, BYU coaches, they're hitting the recruiting trail. They're leaving no stone unturned. That's one of the phrases they love to use when we talk to them about recruiting. A.J. Stewart loves it most of all. He promised that BYU would recruit running backs until they absolutely couldn't going into the 2019 season, and they went out and landed two graduate transfer running backs. My hat goes off to him. Now, a couple of notes on the BYU basketball coaching front. Of course, Mark Pope continues to work to get his staff in place. Uh, talking to some people yesterday, it appears that he has decided to 
to clean house, essentially. Lee Kamard, Quincy Lewis, uh, most of the support staff have all been relieved of their duties. Who knows if they're ultimately going to, if any of them will rejoin the BYU basketball program, but Mark Pope has essentially let everyone know that, hey, they've been let go. I think that's him clearing the deck to bring over the majority, if not most, of his staff that was with him at UVU. Speaking of Chris Burgess, Cody Fuger, and also Eric Daniels, it wouldn't surprise me if his director of operations, Eric Heradisky, also joined them. Uh, You heard uh, uh, Tim Lacombe mention that when we had him on the podcast last week to talk about Tim Lacombe's hire, about Horadisky coming over to BYU likely, kind of his right-hand man, but... It appears that uh, Pope is going to be clearing the decks, and I would expect at this point that he'll bring in the majority, if not all, of the staff he had with him at UVU. We'll see if Mark Madsen, he mentioned yesterday during his introduction at UVU that he plans to interview all of the assistant coaches. Speaking of the three I just mentioned, We'll see if any of them opt to remain in Orem, but it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But that hasn't stopped Pope from hitting the recruiting trail. He's been out visiting recruits. He was down at Wasatch Academy visiting the recruits down there. Maddie Sissoko, one of the top players down there. Kayla LeBloner, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, one of the top prospects in the entire recruiting class in the country. So he's out there. And he also headed up to the Northwest yesterday. He had a great he's a great in-home visit, according to Pierre Crockrell II. He said, great in-home visit with head coach Mark Pope of BYU. There's a picture of them standing together in the home of Crockrell. So I can't fault Mark Pope. He's probably trying to get his staff assembled, but he is also not letting the time that he has to recruit, to evaluate guys, to make visits, etc. go by the wayside. He is going to be doing the best he can because, as he mentioned during his introductory press conference, you can go back and listen to the special that we did last week. It mentions it in there in the full press conference that he understands it's going to take some time to get his staff in place. There's multiple interviews, lots of hands in the process that people need to pass off along the way to get guys hired BYU. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. They need to streamline the process. That's just my take, but it will take some time for him to get his assistant coaches set in place. Hopefully that comes sooner rather than later, especially with this evaluation period going on. Guys able to sign in the spring period coming up. You need to get guys in place that can hit the road recruiting. Similar to what we just talked about with BYU football. BYU football coaches are all over the country right now. Mark Pope would love nothing more than have three or four of his guys out on the road recruiting as well as himself out there spreading the word about what they're going to do with BYU, chasing new recruits, looking for guys that they can bring in and hopefully resurrect BYU's program. And resurrect's probably a wrong word, but maybe invigorate. Invigorate's a good word, I guess I should say, and get them back to the level that BYU fans want them to be at. I admire what Mark Pope's doing. He's kind of a one-man crew right now. He's doing his best to get his assistants in place, but it appears that he is going to bring over the majority, if not most, of his staff that he had at UVU over to BYU as he's cleared the decks at BYU. That doesn't mean that some of the BYU staff members that he let go could come back in terms of a a process where he interviews them again, decides, hey, I ultimately want to hold on to these guys. But as of this time, based on people I've talked to, the staff at BYU have all been told, we're talking assistant coaches, the off-court staff, they've all been let go of their duties. They've all been relieved of their duties. So... 
Mark Pope making sure that he's kind of getting a reboot on what's going on at BYU and I think it's in his best interest. He wants his guys in place and I can't blame him one bit for making sure that he has his bases covered overall. All right, so there you go. Some updates on the coaches, the recruiting front, coaches fanning out across the country. We'll keep you updated on that as we go go throughout the next week. We'll come back on the other side, talk about all the other news in BYU sports. Got some uh, awards handed out in BYU softball. Of course, we'll catch up on all the other news in BYU sports coming up next. Uh, BYU professor and former track and field slash cross country standout Jared Ward showing very well in the Boston Marathon yesterday. We'll get you all of that next, but a reminder for you guys. If you are looking for a new podcatcher, please check out the Locked On Cougars podcast on the Himalaya podcast app. It's an app that's got all kinds of new features. They're always adding new ones. It's got a lot of financial backing. It's a tech giant that's really trying to break into the market and really revolutionize how the podcast game goes. So check us out. If you're looking for a new podcatcher, check out the Locked On Cougars podcast on the Himalaya podcast app. More in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. And as we close out this Tuesday edition of the show, wanted to get you updated on all the other BYU sports news that is out there. Uh, one game tonight, BYU women's softball is anticipated to play Utah Valley in their UCCU Crosstown Clash series at 6 o'clock Mountain Time at Gale Miller Field. It is scheduled to be broadcast on BYU TV Digital, so an online stream. You can get tickets by going to the BYU Cougars website if you want to go out and watch it. Uh, hopefully the rain holds off. I know there's supposed to be rain in the forecast today. Hopefully either it rains itself out so they can play or it holds off so BYU can get that game in. They also have a game scheduled tomorrow against Washington. It's a busy week for BYU softball because they've got games uh, today and tomorrow as they really try to get their 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 record back up above 500. They currently sit at 19 and 19 on the season. It's been a rough start to the year for BYU. They spent a lot of time on the road, but it hasn't stopped junior Riley Jensen from getting awards. She earned her fourth West Coast Conference Player of the Week award, as well as College Sport Madness WCC Player of the Week for her performances against Pacific last week. She batted 900 you hear me? 900 through three games over the weekend against Pacific, tallying a total of nine hits, five runs, and four RBIs, as well as a home run, a triple, and a double, including her two walks. Jensen reached base safely in 11 of 12 plate appearances over the weekend. That is 
absolutely insane. You don't hit 900 in rec league softball. So congratulations to Riley Jensen on that award. It's the eighth weekly award for BYU this year. Arissa Paulson, Libby Sugg, Autumn Moffitt, and Carissa Veramontes have all earned the awards this season, whether it's pitcher or player of the week. But Riley Jensen definitely running away with four of her own West Coast Conference Player of the Week awards. So congratulations to her. I mentioned last week that the BYU Cougarettes collected two more national championships. They are the Alabama that BYU fans crave, but it just happens to be in dance. Well, they have been um, put on the cover of uh, Dance Spirit magazine. So congratulations to BYU, the Cougarettes being the feature story here in Dance Spirit. So it's just awesome how the 19-time national champions have done a great job in both representing the school, but also just being elite level as a program. 19 national championships. It's just absolutely incredible. So congratulations to BYU Cougarettes on their continued honors, now making the cover of Dance Spirit Magazine, one of the leading magazines in the country for dancers. One final note for you before we go is that BYU, a former BYU runner, uh, did cross country and track and field. He's now a BYU professor of statistics, Jared Ward. Absolutely an incredible athlete. Ran in the Olympics in 2016 in Rio de Janeiro. Well, he just went out yesterday at the at the Boston Marathon and finished in the top 10. Just incredible to see him do that. He finished his personal best in that race. But to be in the top 10 in the world... Absolutely incredible. He finished about two minutes behind the winners. He ran a minute, a time of two hours, nine minutes, and 25 seconds during the 2019 version of the race under an overcast sky. He bested his previous time in the historic marathon after finishing in 215.28 to finish 10th in the 2017 Boston Marathon, his first time running it. Just awesome to see it. Jared Ward continues to get it done. Like I said, he's a professor at BYU of statistics, but he maintains an elite level uh, race pattern and just does a great job, plain and simple. So congratulations to him finishing in the top 10 in the world in some of the best, and what was actually the best race in the world. The Boston Marathon outside the Olympics, there's not a bigger marathon in the world, at least that I'm aware of. So congratulations to Jared Ward on that honor. All right, there you go. That's the podcast for today. Today. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Catch up on all the latest news in BYU sports. A lot to get to every day. It's crazy how every 24 hours things turn over, but we'll make sure we'll keep you up to date on everything you need to know about BYU sports. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really does help get the word out. You guys have done a great job in boosting our subscription and ratings numbers on Apple Podcasts in particular. That's the one a lot of people pay attention to, but the other various podcatchers, please subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help build this podcast audience and share with your family and friends the word of mouth. It's awesome. I thank you guys for your continued support of the show. Feel free to reach out anytime at Jacob C. Hatch is my personal Twitter feed. You can follow the show at Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can email us lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And also, if you're an advertiser, you have a company you'd like us to represent here on the podcast, reach thousands of BYU fans nationwide and even internationally. Let us know. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. We'll have more for you tomorrow. Thanks again for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. This has been Locked On Cougars for April 16th, 2019.
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.